It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. the time it's wake up wyoming it is a thursday and i swear i can see the weekend from here wind blowing pretty good for a good part of wyoming that's mostly uh in the southeastern quadrant there but yeah and even part of i-80 is actually closed right now big shocker i know between laramie and rollins as usual but that's where the worst of the wind and blowing snow is now as i talked about yesterday with don day it gets worse before it gets better Temperatures warmer today, which is good, but that warm weather comes with more wind and blowing snow for most of Wyoming. And then temperatures drop, and there's even a chance of snow there. And then the weekend, all of a sudden, things are relatively nice as we get through the weekend. So at least we hit the weekend pretty good. All right, you're not going to believe this first headline. Today's show is sponsored by Velcro Shoelaces. Work like shoelaces, attached like Velcro. One product and twice the hassle. So I, you know, I actually did have Velcro shoes for a while. They came out with Velcro shoes, not shoelaces, just the big flaps. I decided to give them a try. And they ended up doing the same thing that I do when I have tie-on shoes. They become slippers. I just put them on. I don't care if it's Velcro or I have to tie them. They, everything just becomes a slip-on. Anyway... <laughs> Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. And I said at the very beginning here that you're not going to believe this first headline. I have all sorts of headlines we got to get into. But the, this one, the, this was actually the last headline I saw before I got on the air. Now, I do a lot. Yeah, as you know, I get here a little after 2 in the morning. And my butt is pretty much in this chair, except to get up and refill my coffee cup. I'm here in this chair. And I'm working away on things. And I'm, besides writing articles, trying to find you guys' stories. And that goes right up to the last minute before I get on the air. I'm still poking around. What else is there? The last headline that I found is this. FBI arrest Oregon transsexual Nazi who threatened... Black Jews. <clears throat> I'm just waiting for that to sink in. Did it sink in? I'm going to do that again. FBI arrests Oregon trans Nazi who threatened black Jews. When the hell do you ever see a headline like that? Okay, here's the story. The FBI arrested a trans-identified Oregon person who Friday uh, allegedly made a series of credible violent threats toward minority groups, uh, Jewish black people mostly, and immigrants. Uh, this person, 56 years old, had been taken into custody as being held at the Lane County Jail, according to the newspaper there, The Oregonian. 
Court records show authorities were first alerted in September when this person posted on a transgender support group page claiming that, well, there was bullying happening by transphobic co-workers and saying there was a hard time. Well, I'm, I'm reaching my end of my rope, said this person. So social media posts ended up going crazy, uh, carrying out acts of violence and including po- uh, photos of firearms. And what is it with people in Oregon that love to do this kind of I mean, is it is it just me or does this happen a lot in Oregon? It also reported that this person had said in the post, uh, I will have to go out in a blaze of glory and have to do what I have done and, you know, and pray that the God, the gods, the gods, forgive me, this person has been diagnosed with multiple mental issues. You think? Such as bipolar disorder, disassociative disorder, that's definitely true, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it lists a whole bunch of other things. So this, in this case, they got someone, I hope they don't let this person go. But how many times have we had a mass shooting somewhere and afterwards we look back and go, holy cow, there were red flags like all over the place. I mean, everywhere. Certainly here, this person suffers from a whole host of mental disorders. The affidavit states that this person posted hatred against Jews and black people and immigrants and et cetera, et cetera, including photos of Nazi flags and firearms and said, uh, pleased with how the Nazi regime herded Jews in the gas chamber. Hey, uh, you're transsexual. What do you think the Nazis would have done to you? Yeah, I I wonder sometimes about that. It's like when we have hardcore leftist groups. Like, like for example, there's an LGBT alphabet soup group that is in support of Palestine. They have marches in support of Palestine. Well, if you folks went to Palestine, do you know what they would do to you? I don't think you understand what's going on here. On Tuesday, the FBI executed a search warrant at this person's home and vehicle and recovered 11 handguns, 16 rifles, pistols, tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition, according to the documents. Authorities located a journal titled Black Shadow Journal, which included unspecified notes and drawings of very disturbing things. A passage in a journal, according to the affidavit, reads blood death, uh, self-torture, self-hatred, wicked thoughts, mass murder thoughts. Uh, The FBI met with this person three times in October before finally deciding to act. The federal agency indicated that, uh, well, this was an interstate threat. One FBI agent wrote in the affidavit that this person expressed a clear, violent animus towards specific minority groups, including the willingness to elevate the original threat of violence toward minority groups. Uh, During the arrest, authorities say this person refused to voluntarily give up a stash of weapons and ammo and so on. And okay, well, it goes on into what happened after that. But let's go back to the headline that caught my attention. FBI arrests Oregon trans Nazi who threatened black Jews. That's the kind of stuff that makes me go, what? And right away, as I think about this, I think, Oregon, what is wrong with you? Because oftentimes, no, I'm serious, when there's a problem like this, that came out of Oregon or some state like that. But now, 
to really also be clear about it, I can't just – no, I, I, no wait, I got to back off. I can't just be picking on Oregon, although we know a lot of it has come out of Oregon. That's true. But a lot of mass shooters are from many other states and oftentimes have the same kinds of problems. And there's also uh, – well, I, I see – problems with depression and anxiety and you know a whole host of other things like this all bundled together disassociation so all sorts of cognitive disorders usually the person's a mess anyway these are the kind of red flags we need to look for when looking for the next possible mass shooter chet and yoder it was the mushroom man rihanna for danger gross I'll hear of, <laughs> I'll not hear of gods from that whack job. Uh, I.A. John Morning Glenn, every time you say, I can see the weekend from here, you are looking at three days <laughs> closer to dead. <laughs> wake up, Wyoming. Well, Radio W-O-K-E. Your donations keep us going, so go borrow some money from mom and send it our way. Go <laughs> So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six thirty-six. The time is welcome. It's wake up, Wyoming. I was about to say welcome for some reason. Wake up, Wyoming. See, Al in Hillsboro says more guns, less crime. John Lott should be required reading for all government employees. Uh, Jim and Casper, defense, border, sovereignty, interstate travel, air traffic, safety, national parks, interstate commerce. Maybe it's a couple more. That's okay. No, I'm taking. Uh, if you just missed what I was talking about. It's a story that I just came along, just a moment ago came across, about how many things that the government, federal government, has been looking at. When you do a financial transaction, did you buy that MAGA hat? Did you go to a Trump event of some kind? Did you support him? And did you go buy guns? Did you travel around for no particular reason whatsoever? You know, all sorts of things like this. And I look at that and think, uh, first off, they they shouldn't be doing that. Although I I do want them looking for extremists, but real extremists. But then I started to wonder what exactly, let's say, does a left-wing extremist look like? And that would be your basic eco-terrorist type for sure. Your anti-capitalist type ought to be on their list. If this is what they're going to do, then make sure that – and maybe they do this. I don't know. But are anti-capitalists? Because people who are anti-capitalist, there have been some extremists out there who have committed acts of violence to try to end capitalists. Someone who's anti-technology on the left. Let's not forget the Unabomber. This was an extreme leftist, former college professor, extreme leftist, who was convinced that technology was just going to destroy all of humanity and the planet. And so he was going around planting bombs and blowing people up because he was that kind of an extremist. So if they're after people on the extreme right because they like their guns and you know they like uh, Trump and things, and that's what an extremist is, then let's go take a look at your, again, eco-terrorists and people who are anti-capitalists. And you can go ahead and 
run the list on and on and on that what would make a leftist extremist. And there have been plenty of those that have committed acts of violence over the years. In fact, we can even go back, let's draw back to the 60s. And remember during the 60s, when the left literally was on the march and how many acts of violence happened, not just around the world, but here in the United States because of that. In today's world, when I mention eco-extremists, I've read several stories uh, over just the past year of eco-extremists that are after. They don't think there's any problem whatsoever with blowing up oil pipelines and flat out admit that, you know, if people die when we blow up oil pipelines, well, so be it because, you know, gosh, we got to save the planet. And and their idea of doing it is justified in we're trying to save humanity and save the planet. And so if we have to commit acts of violence to do it, then we're going to go ahead and do it. So there's not just one kind of extremist out there. So if there's a list of conservative red flags, if you will, then I would like to see the list of liberal red flags because I know that they've got to be out there. Then there's just nut jobs as well. There's just wackos. You really can't blame their ideology. These people are just absolutely nuts. And so I would like to see what the list of red flags are for the FBI on people who have issues. That in some cases, those people are dealt with and you and I just didn't hear about it because it didn't make news. Other times, though, it does make news because there was either a mass shooting or a bombing or whatever the case may be. And the FBI missed that one. And there's that, that's when we wonder and yell at the FBI, well, how come they didn't see those red flags? Because, well, everybody around them saw that this person was you know, a problem about to become unhinged. People around them expected bad things. And with social media today, a lot of extremists, whatever type, are posting on social media because they want the attention that comes with it. There's something they're angry about and they're posting about it. And so that's a lot of what uh, your your government will go after. Now, this is where I think you need to draw the line. When is it legit when they actually go after someone who's going to commit an act of violence, a bombing, a shooting, whatever it may be, a poisoning, whatever it might be. There's so many different acts of violence. When is that legit? And when are they going too far to look into your personal affairs and you're not really doing anything wrong? You know, yes, you like guns and you like to go hunting. Yes, you have a collection of guns. You have loads of bullets, too. That's something that always gets me in some of these news stories. Somebody, Somebody's considered suspicious because they own a lot of guns and they own a lot of bullets. And my answer to that is, then what do they do with those guns and bullets? Do they just love target practice and hunting? 642, Wake Up Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. It's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, okay, Frank, uh, I found the coolest invention online that will make you want it to snow more. 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 A lot more. How about a remote control snowblower? Oh. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. No, I have a... I mean, I'm, does it start itself when it's like 15 below? Well, see, here's what I really want it to do. Uh, I should probably add this to my article. I would prefer one that just knows that it's snowed 
and it turns itself on and heads out and just does the job and comes back. It's kind of like a Roomba. Yeah, it is, actually, yes. Now, I have several different videos of these little things. One is just kind of fun. It's the size of, well, let's say, a Tonka toy, and it's battery-operated, little remote. Con- it doesn't clear much snow, but it does. No, it doesn't clear any no, snow. A little bit. And then another one is, uh, it's bigger. It's a big Roomba. It goes outside. It has tractor treads. There you go. But it's for, like, a medium snow. Okay. One or two inches. Yeah. Now, if you're looking for something heftier, they have them. I've got a video of that. It's remote controlled. And those are the ones where you can walk behind it if you want, or you can sit inside and look through the camera and steer it. Oh, that, that'd be cool. Yeah. Now, if you got so much snow that you need not a shovel, but a snow blower, that exists too. It's a, it's a snow blower with tractor treads, and you just drive it around your yard. Great. From inside. You know, if I if I was the neighbor, I'm like, is, is there anybody operating that? Yeah, that's right, yeah. No. And, and, and if there isn't, can he do mine too? Well, there's a thing. As soon as one person on the block gets it, everybody wants one of these things. Well, of course, yeah. Because yeah. who actually wants to go outside in this kind of weather and start having to deal with snow? So there's two choices you have here, Frank. I'm going to take option two. Option one, you buy, you buy one of these outdoor snow Roombas, which is what we got to call it, a snow Roomba. Yeah, snow Roomba. And you just let it go ahead and do its thing. All you have to do is maintain the machine. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it has fuel and whatever else it needs to keep going, right? You don't want it to get stuck out there. Then you got to go outside. Okay. Or two... You hire somebody else to do it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which which, which people are doing now anyway. If you notice, Frank, I did not give the third option, which is you go out and do it your damn self. (laughs) Well, you know, at least you'll know what the result is, good or bad. There is one other option, but it's it's a lot more expensive and time-consuming. Have kids. Right. There you go. Women's College Basketball Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost their first Mountain West Conference game of the year with a 68-61 defeat to New Mexico and Albuquerque. Cowgirls had a seven-point lead at halftime, but poor shooting and sloppy play doomed them in the second half. UW was 4 of 17 from the floor in the fourth quarter and 3 of 18 from the three-point line in the second half. Overall, the Cowgirls were 7 of 30 from three, but also turned the ball over 19 times, and turnovers have been an issue with this team. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtick at 14 points, but Elena Peter with 13. New Mexico was 21 of 28 from the free throw line and the Cowgirls made it to the free throw line just three times, making two. UW now 4-1 and one in league play, 9-7 and seven overall. The Lobos are 3-2 and two in league play and 12-6 and six overall. Next up for the Cowgirls will be Colorado State in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. 4A boys high school basketball from last night. Laramie down Cheyenne East 75-63 and Cheyenne Central Trumps Cheyenne South 71-28. On the girls' side, East over Laramie 50-42 and Central over South 66-23. Our latest wildpreps.com basketball polls are out in 4A boys. Cheyenne Central remains number one. Laramie two, East three, and the Toronto four, Sheridan five. In 3A, Douglas number one, followed by Powell, Lovell, Pinedale, and Thurman. Lingle number one in the 2A ranks, right second, Wyoming Indian third, Tongue River fourth, and Bighorn fifth. And in 1A, Upton remains number one, followed by Saratoga, Cokeville, Farson, and Southeast. In our girls' basketball poll in 4A, Cheyenne East still number one, Cody two, Sheridan three, Campbell County four, and Cheyenne Central five. Douglas remains numero uno in 3A, followed by Buffalo, Mountain View, Pinedale, and Powell. Over in 2A, Tongue River number one, Wyoming Indian second, Sundance third, Lingle fourth, and Rocky Mountain fifth. And in 1A, Cokeville one, Upton two, 
Southeast 3, Burlington 4, Little Snake River 5. In rodeo, Casper College Cowboy Austin Broderson was seriously injured in the bareback event of the National Western Stock Show in Denver back on Monday. Got hung up there and was dragged for a bit and then stepped on by the horse. His left arm was damaged severely along with a C7 broken vertebrae and hip fractures. Broderson is a sophomore from Alberta, Canada, and a GoFundMe page has been set up to help his medical expenses. High school wrestling later on today. Laramie will be at Central for a duel at 4 p.m. Eaton, Colorado will be at Cheyenne East at 6 p.m. for a duel. Coming up tomorrow, Lander will have a 30-team tournament that lasts Friday and Saturday with Laramie and Cheyenne South in that deal. Moorcroft has a big event on Friday and Saturday with Natrona, Kelly Walsh, and Glenrock competing up there in Moorcroft. That's it in sports. Uh, a guy that listens to the show named John, I wouldn't say which John, his last name remains to protect the innocent. You know. Wayne? No. but It's uh, not John Wayne. He sent me a picture of four women wearing ultra-tight jeans, lots of bling and makeup, right? And they're all wearing construction workers' helmets, which is, doesn't fit the high heels they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. And they're all holding blueprints. Okay. So John put underneath it, the blueprint instructions on how to make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Show that to your wife. <laughs> okay, John, uh, you're in trouble for that one. Uh, You'll be staying funny, in a hotel. Funny, <laughs> but yeah, just go ahead out to the doghouse and see how that's comfortable yeah, in yeah, this yeah, weather. Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's wake up, Wyoming. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. For the fourth time in less than a week, the U.S. has gone on the attack in Yemen. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, hitting Iran-backed Houthi militants. The U.S. just redesignated as a terror group. For all the recent attacks in and around the Red Sea, including an American ship yesterday, they got hit and caught fire. Yesterday's strikes involved Tomahawk cruise missiles with 500-pound warheads fired by at least one U.S. warship and a submarine. Fox's Lucas Tomlinson also reports Iran is praising the Houthis. Iran's foreign minister boasting about its support, declaring, quote, The security of the Red Sea is tied to the developments in Gaza and everyone will suffer if Israel's crimes in Gaza do not stop. All the resistance fronts will remain active. Now, Pakistan launched airstrikes in Iran, retaliating for Iran's attacks in its country as both target militant groups. Iran also this week bombed Israeli and ISIS targets inside Iraq and Syria. President Biden met with congressional leaders, pushing for new military aid for Israel and Ukraine. The top House Democrat, Akeem Jeffries, says... Funding the Ukrainian war effort is in America's national security interest. But House Speaker Mike Johnson says he told the president... We understand that all these things are important. But we must insist, we must insist that the border be the top priority. As Republicans demand policy changes to stop record illegal immigration. New Hampshire's Republican primary is just five days away. The majority of Americans have said they don't want their options to be two 80-year-olds for president. We've got to move past that. Nikki Haley says she's only focused on former President Trump, with Ron DeSantis a distant third in the polls there. But before former President Trump rallied in New Hampshire last night, he was in court again in New York for a civil defamation trial. The judge threatened to remove the former president from muttering witch hunt and being disruptive. He's a nasty judge. He's a Trump-hating guy. And uh, it's obvious to everybody in the court. It's a disgrace. Unemployment fell last week. The 187,000 first-time claims, the fewest in more than a year. 
America's listening to Fox News. Aches and pains are just part of getting older. You know it and I know it, but that doesn't mean you have to just accept it. That's why I want to tell you the story about Nancy from Texas and her Relief Factor story. For years, she took care of horses and gave riding lessons. She started getting older and Nancy began feeling the effects, so she decided to give Relief Factor a try. It didn't work overnight, but it did work. These days, she says, I have more stamina because I don't hurt. With Relief Factor, she can keep going and doing more. I can relate, as I used to have terrible aches and pains in my hands. It was to the point that I didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. But ever since starting Relief Factor, I've got my life back. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, can help you feel and live a better life every day. To get started, try Relief Factor, their three-week quick start kit. Here is the latest from K2 Radio News. Early Wednesday morning, the Casper Fire EMS firefighters were called to a fire on the 1600 block of East 27th Street at 925 a.m. When they arrived, they found a wood frame chicken coop on fire between two residential homes. A wood privacy fence was also in flames. Battling strong winds, the firefighters were able to confine the fire to the outside of the homes, but unfortunately, the coop burned down and the chickens were unable to escape. Firefighters responded to the scene with five units, the on-duty battalion chief, investigators, and chief officers. They were assisted on scene by telecommunicators with the Casper Public Safety Communications Center, officers from the Casper Police Department, an ambulance from Banner Health Wyoming Medical Center, and technicians from both Black Hills Energy and Rocky Mountain Power. The cause of the fire remains under investigation by Casper Fire and EMS Department investigators, but they took this opportunity to remind citizens and visitors to use extreme caution when heating their homes and outbuildings this holiday season. The U.S. Postal Services has written a notice of intent warning the public of potential changes on the horizon as part of its Delivering for America plan to modernize the nation's postal network. Casper's mail processing could be moved to Billings and Cheyenne's to Denver. They wrote that the review would not result in facilities closing or career employee layoffs. Several Wyoming government officials have expressed concerns despite the USPS's assertion that the move would make handling more efficient. In fact, the letter uses the word efficiency six times. It also notes another goal, to lower costs. However, the multi-state and 10-year plan will still take $40 billion in capital investments. Consolidations are underway or complete for about 29 other facilities nationwide. The plan seeks to eventually consolidate more than 150 mail processing centers. Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Gray noted his opposition to the packaging center moves on the grounds of a compromised electoral process. Senator Cynthia Lummis wrote to the Postmaster General that she doubts the plan will not disrupt services and will force individuals to relocate or find new employment. Gordon wrote in his letter to the Postmaster that small businesses in our rural communities cannot afford delays to stay competitive in a global marketplace. Both Lummis and Gordon in their letters commented on the lack of transparency in the notice of intent from the USPS as well. Yet DeJoy has been defending the Delivering for America plan for years now and he's asked stakeholders not to stand in his way. And I have some good news for trail lovers. The Platte River Trails Trust just received a $15,000 grant from the Wyoming Community Foundation. As a nonprofit, they rely heavily on support from community partners and advocates to keep providing a non-motorized network of trails, preserving outdoor spaces, and improving the quality of life for all. Continuing to pursue connections and improvements are all part of the trust's mission, and the board of directors is extremely grateful for the grant. In the future, they'd like to create connections from the river trail and rail trail to neighborhoods and complete trail links within and between neighborhoods to create a safe and functional active transportation system in the community. And eventually, they'd like to connect core trails to key recreational areas like Edna's Kimball Wilkins State Park. Reporting from Casper, this is Colby Fedor. 
Vista Auto believes in the power of yes. Learn more at VistaAutoWY.com. Cloudy today, developing snow showers. Temperatures are going to be colder as Arctic air backs in. Temperatures will be in the teens, dropping to the single digits by late in the day. We could see a heavy dusting to an inch or so of new snow. Tonight, a few flurries early, then bitter cold. Lows will be 4 to 8 below. Becoming partly cloudy Friday, not as windy. Chilly, highs 20. Six the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. It's a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. And actually, the weekend looks pretty nice. We got to get through some weather before we get to the weekend, and we're definitely going to work through that, whether you like it or not. We're going to work through some weather. And I'm going to double check while I'm talking to you here. Last I looked, a section is not going to be a shocker to you. A section of I 80 was actually closed. So, yeah, I know. Be- Big shock. I can't imagine. I-80. And then also those people on uh, southeastern I-25. Might be some problems there with some high winds as well. Be careful of that. 745 Don Day is going to join me on the air, and we're going to talk about this. But by the time we get to the weekend, I mean, temperatures even plummet tomorrow. But then we get to Saturday, Sunday, and things are nice by comparison to what we've had. Yeah, there's still, according to the YDOT website... The usual suspected area, if you're going from Cheyenne to Laramie, uh, really sketchy. If you're going from Laramie to Rollins, uh, I-80 is currently closed in that area. And if you tried to go up through Bosler, Rock River, Medicine, Bohanna on 30, you'll get you'll leave Laramie and go as far as Bosler. And then it's closed after that. So don't bother. If you're thinking, hey, you know, it's, it's opened up to Bosler, not all the way around. That's closed right now. Okay, I'll keep an eye on that as the morning goes on. How about some good news for a change? I got some. Today's show is sponsored by Velcro Shoelaces. Work like shoelaces, attach like Velcro, one product and twice the hassle. So let's take a look at a story that I told you about was it last week, I think it was. I was at a, it was last Friday. I was at a luncheon, and the luncheon is done by Chamber of Commerce, and there's a bunch of Wyoming legislators there since the legislative session's getting underway, right? And the local lady who takes care of the office for Harriet Hegeman stood up, and I was trying, was it Harriet? I'm trying to remember, or was it Cynthia Lumbus? I forget which one, and she stood up and read that there's this horrible, I was about to say piece of legislation, it's not. It's just a rule written by bureaucrats once again. And we need to stop this here in the state of Wyoming, and it's been stopped. In fact, probably one of the worst rules to come along in a while. Here's from Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming U.S. Senator Cynthia Lummis and Congressman Harriet Hageman are declaring victory after New York Stock Exchange announced it's dropping the controversial proposal to sell shares of land that both lawmakers... And locals here have vehemently opposed as potentially disastrous for land management in the West. So on Wednesday, the stock exchange provided notice to the Securities and Exchange Commission that is withdrawing proposed rules to change allowing for the creation of natural asset companies, NACs. Essentially, 
as a way to raise money to buy natural assets rights on parcels of land. Lum has told Cowboy State Daily that the rule proposed was consistent with President Joe Biden's proposal of managing the environment. Quote, the New York Stock Exchange's decision not to list natural asset companies is a huge victory for Wyoming and the surrounding region and dismantles the Biden administration's latest land grab attempt, Lum has said. For far too long, she says, this administration has openly empowered radical environmental activists to use the full force of the federal government to jeopardize Western industries and threaten our way of life out here. So, both Lummis and Hageman described the proposal as a new evolution in environmental and social governance, ESG. Quote, let's be clear, this isn't about sustainability. It was a blatant greenwashing, I like that term, that awards significant capital to so-called environmental groups who exist solely to sue the federal government every time it issues a permit. Which is why when the Biden administration said, well, we sold a bunch of, of rights, mineral rights, so people can go out there and drill and dig for energy. Well, why aren't they doing it? Well, one of the reasons why is not the only reason, but one of the reasons why is so much gets tied up in court. Uh, the proposal would allow NASs to be publicly traded and raise capital to buy the rights to natural assets and public and private lands. This would be done for the purpose of land conservation. So this would affect oil and gas and coal, but also you ranchers out there who like to graze your animals. So many other things we use the land for in areas like Wyoming. So the story says federal lands include national parks, natural forests, and have all been fair game, and as uh, private lands and conservation easement as well, all could have become off-limits to mineral development and grazing under this rule. So that's why there was the desire just to shut it down as fast as possible, and they did. Now, when I read this and think, yay, they shut it down, of course, that was the latest attempt. So you know they're going to try something else because these people don't give up. They don't. They never give up. We've already thwarted how many attempts? They're going to try something else. The NASs were also explicitly, the story says, prevented from directly or indirectly conducting mining. So you couldn't even mine. Again, drill, dig, bring your cattle out there. Quote, this is very clear for farmers, ranchers, loggers, miners, energy producers, energy users. All who enjoy public lands. I wonder if that would be hunters, too. It's also clear that when the insidious policies at Lummis were being considered by this administration, it was to, well, it was exposed and defeated is, is what they did. So I'm, I'm glad, again, both of our representatives saw this. And I think it was Hageman first that saw it, but they both saw it and stepped up. Story says, over the last month, Hageman mounted a pressure campaign to alert the public about this program, this rule, and push back the public deadline. That's another thing they did. They're supposed to have a public deadline of like a month or more. Was it 60 days? I think it is. For public comment to come in. First off, the public needs to be notified about it. Then you get a chance to comment. Your comments are supposed to matter. There's hearings about this. So they tried to pass this rule through and do it in a very short period of time, like a week or two. 
And so one of the things your representative Harry Hageman did was push this back so they had the, the same comment period so she could get out there and let the public know what was going on. Shortly after, the comment period was extended. Thanks, a total of 2,860 comments were submitted. Lummis commented that Hageman's aggressive push to defeat the rule was, well, it's brilliant, described as some of her most vocal, well, and I think probably some of her best work personally. And then, of course, there's a thank you from Harriet Hageman on this, so there's the story. Okay, now, again, I have to say it's good that they won. Thank you, Harriet Hageman, for getting out in front of this. Thank you, Senator Lummis, for also your push to end this. But now we have to remain vigilant because you and I both know that they're not done. They, they've been trying this in how many different ways? They're going to try it again. They are not done with this. This is just the latest attempt that we've swarded. Let's wake up, Wyoming. In the last 11 years, 115 people died of weightlifting accidents in a gym. In that same 11 years, only one person died of eating a donut. Make good choices, people. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Time, Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Let's have some fun. Get out of state for just a minute. Let's go to San Francisco. Hey, Dave, you out there? Used to be such a beautiful city. So, okay, let's take a look at the latest from San Francisco, but this time not on the streets, which, by the way, remember those streets were cleaned up so Xi Jinping from China could show up and take a tour of the United States and California. you got to make it look good. So clear all of the bodies off of the streets, and by that I mean that literally, not just the dead bodies, but the homeless people and all the fluids they leave behind, from drug fluids to human fluids. It's disgusting, but okay. Let's go instead into City Hall. Headline, San Francisco's budget deficit could top $1.4 billion. Hold on. For a city? A $1.4 billion budget deficit. All right. Well, California is already having this kind of a problem. California wants to get so many things done, but it doesn't have the money to do it. And I thought what was hysterical is Governor Gavin Newsom knows he has to cut. He has to make cuts. And some of the first thing that he started cutting was climate change initiatives, which shows you how much he really cares about the climate. What he says, and then all these climate change initiatives were cut because there's no way they can afford them. All right, back to San Francisco. City budget officials have projected a deficit of $800 million over the next, uh, well, this year. The shortfall continues after that. And then eventually they wind up with a city, one city, with a $1.4 billion deficit. 
breeding in directing departments to propose their, their mayor to propose 10 percent reduction in spending for the city's general fund in addition to five percent for contingency problems as well but all right the city eliminated some 800 million deficit including shortfalls of 245 million in the upcoming fiscal year they're trying to find ways to cut back this is what they're talking about which is good they see the deficit coming. They have to find ways to cut back. Quote, this is going to be problematic. We're in a tough spot, said the mayor. Fiscal year beginning July will bring $245 million deficit with $550 million in shortfalls, despite everything that they've cut. And if they keep this up within a year or so, over a year... They're at about a $1.4 billion deficit. Now, I want to know after this, what do they continue to cut? And they're hemorrhaging money. Now, part of the reason they're hemorrhaging money, let's take a look at why. It's not just because of outrageous spending on stupid things by the city. Remember, this is the city. There's a park where they wanted to put up just a – I remember telling you this story. It was a year or two ago I told you this story. They wanted to just put up a public restroom facility in a park, right? Okay, that's it. I mean, just a couple of toilets and a couple of sinks behind a couple of doors. That's it. Simple, right? After several years worth of bureaucratic meetings, years worth of bureaucratic meetings, discussing all sorts of things like cultural diversity and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They finally settled on a plan that would make this facility cost millions of dollars to put up a couple of toilets and a couple of sink that are enclosed. That's how San Francisco, among other cities, tend to work. So for them to run a shortfall isn't a surprise, I would think, to anybody. If this is the way they think, I wonder, what are they going to cut back on on climate activism? But there's another thing. Well, just like the state did, but okay. The next problem that they're going to have is what to do with all of the businesses that they're running out of town. Now, I have a solution to this, believe it or not. I'm going somewhere with this. I have a solution. Part of the problem for the budget deficit is not just ridiculous spending. But part of the problem for their massive deficit is the businesses they're driving away. When you look at San Francisco, they have all of these beautiful skyscrapers, some very unique buildings there. You know, there's that one very tall, thin pyramid building. You've seen that before. It's just gorgeous downtown area with all these big buildings. And most of them are empty. In general, most shops and stores and so on are either empty or emptying out as major corporations pack up and move away. So besides finding ways to cut back... They've got to figure out how not to drive people off. Which, not just the city of San Francisco, but the state of California is doing the same thing. They run into budget deficit problems because they're not just running big business away, which is a lot of tax money they're leaving, but rich individuals. Because every time they come up with the next proposal for the next great idea, isn't it always tax the rich? Okay. Will all of those people go galt? And if you don't know what galt is, going galt, then look up Atlas Shrugged. They're going galt. They've had enough, and they're just packing up and leaving. The rich people, the big businesses, you're driving them off by overtaxing them and overregulating them. And so they're leaving, and that leads to massive budget deficits. Now, the same works not just on the 
city level there, but the California state level. Other states as well, Illinois, New York, et cetera, et cetera. Big places like that where people are just leaving. But also our nation. Part of the problem for the massive budget deficit that we have, the debt that we have in this country, which is over $34 trillion now, and we can't even afford to keep up on the interest pay. We borrow money to pay our interest off on a federal level. Think about that. We borrow money to pay our interest on the federal level. Now, we can get out of that. We can actually grow our way out of that. Not a problem. Stop spending where it is. Quit increasing spending. Then lower regulations and taxes to bring those businesses back. One of the things California's got to figure out, they haven't yet, but they really need to figure this out. If you want California, San Francisco, to get out of your deficit problems, the answer is not, well, we're going to have to raise taxes and regulations. and No, lower it. Cut taxes, cut regulations, make it desirable to do business with your city, with your state, and with the country. Because if it's desirable, if it's profitable, then businesses of all sizes come back. Not just the big businesses, but the small businesses too come rushing back. Because now they can go ahead and do business there easily, make a profit, and they get to keep most of that profit. They earned it, it's theirs. It's not somebody else's. If they earn the profit, then the profit belongs to them. And let them keep it. So if taxes are low, this is the example I've used before. We take a look at uh, Walmart. Walmart did not get so successful because their prices are high. Walmart is so successful because their prices are so low. So let's go to the Walmart example on how to do business. Make it easy to do business there. Lower taxes and regulations. By the way, regulations can be more expensive than taxes. Lower it. And you'll find businesses and people will want to come back. San Francisco is actually a beautiful city, or was at one point and can be again, when you encourage these people to come back by making life easier for them, not harder. Coming up on 730, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. 745. Don Day's with me. You'll want to hear this conversation with your regional weatherman because we've got not harsh weather, but just really annoying weather for the next couple of days here. And then the weekend's nice. He'll explain. 745. Wake up, Wyoming. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinion straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right. Triple eight ninety-seven was the phone number. It's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D. It's starting to snow where I am right now. Expect some of that in different areas today, but I'm getting a little bit of snow here. Part of I-80 is closed. Big shock, I know. If you're going from Laramie to Rollins or back, uh, that's closed. And if you want to do the loop, you know, up through Bosler, Medicine Bow, Hannah on 30, that loop there, you can get from Laramie to Bosler, but that's as far as you're going to get, just so you know. All right, so dealing with a sticky situation here. I was <laughs> just... So, Miss Mary, the only problem with my evil plan, I had said... Just so you folks know there, I grabbed some honey and some bread and was eating that. 
and uh, now everything around here is just sticky. It's just creepy. Someone's got to come in and sit at this control room here after I leave and notice that the control console and keyboards are sticky. And they're going to be really – they're going to wonder what was going on in here. It's just it, – I'm going to have to clean all this. All right. So uh, what does it take to kill a pine beetle? You remember we had a big pine beetle infestation in Wyoming a while ago, and it was devastating. And, and that led to some fires that we had if we had only managed our forests better. <clears throat> Climate activists. Would have been great if we had managed our forests better by not clear-cutting but thinning the trees. It's harder for pine beetles to get from one tree to the next if the trees are thinned out. And also easier for the fire department to handle a fire if the trees have been thinned out, Right. Four days of continuous below zero temperatures didn't really do a whole lot to kill pine beetles. What does it take? Story says Wyoming has been colder than the Antarctic and Mars. And I take credit for letting everybody know that Wyoming was colder than Mars. I wrote a story that said Wyoming was colder than Mars. And we were for a while. If you were in the daytime on Mars standing on the surface... You would have been about 10 degrees warmer than the daytime in Wyoming at one point. Anyway, the days-long deep freeze wasn't enough to kill off the larvae of pine beetles that have devastated some of our forests. In fact, there's like there likely won't even be a freeze that intense that'll go on long enough to get rid of these insects. What the hell do you do to kill these suckers off? Don Day said, I don't think uh, the expectation should be there. The pine beetles will ever be frozen out of existence. So I'm reading from Cowboy State Daily here. Epidemiologist Scott Shell agreed that as brutal as the last cold snap may seem to some people, temperatures minus 35 in some areas, wind chills minus 60. Quote, it certainly has been unpleasant, but unfortunately not enough to really put the whammy, he said, on the mountain pine beetles. Wow. Uh, Pine beetles emerge in the spring and start hunting for mates and trees to bore into and lay their eggs. That's how they work. An early cold snap in the fall could have purged them before they really got a chance to burrow in, but that's not what we got here. They got a chance to get, in other words, they got a chance to get really deep into the trees before the real cold snap hit. And then they kind of go into this phase where, well, not a whole lot's going to affect them when they get into that sleep phase that they're in deep inside the tree. So, sorry. At this point, other than burning the forest down, what do you do to get rid of these suckers? I'd really like to know. I was hoping for more cold here. Let's see. Beetles might hit bighorns next. The story says pine beetles are native to Wyoming and the rest of the Rocky Mountain region, a uh, major outbreak can scale up the level of their destruction. Drought can make the pine trees more susceptible to beetle kill. Lack of adequate moisture, the trees uh, can't produce enough sap, and that's part of what they need for their egg larvae. Drought might have contributed to the pine beetles outbreak during the 20s and 2010s in snowy range. It was so hard hit, it might... Uh, well, and they did have a fire up there because we had in the Snowy Range area. I remember driving through there at one point to go camping with some friends, and 
there were so many dead standing trees and dead trees laying down. I thought, wow, this place is a tinderbox. It really is. And most of it was beetle kill. And then finally, a fire broke out. And that one burned for a while intensely for a very long period of time. And all firefighters could do was try to keep the fire from spreading any farther, which they were mostly unsuccessful. They just have to make sure it doesn't do too much damage, and eventually it'll burn out its fuel, and that's the way they eventually ended the fire. There was not a whole lot they could do once it got going, but all right. To help pine beetles in Wyoming, I should say not to help the pine beetle, to help us with the pine beetle, just got to get the environmentalists out of the way and allow us to thin those trees back. Logging is a great way to do it. Hey, man, you want some chicken pot pie? Hell yeah, dude, those are my three favorite things. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Don, I'm getting snow here. Yep, you are in the Arctic push. That's mm-hmm. decided for it's, it's an encore performance. Oh, nice. It is. Okay, yeah. People were clapping. You know, yeah, saying, sure. "Yay, come on back for one I more, did. one more sure. song." That's what they were saying. I'm going with that. Yeah, and the wind last night. Wow. Now that's not going to stop anytime soon. Well, the thing is, is that a lot, a lot of reason for the strong winds is, is because of this big difference in air temperature between this return of Arctic air. And if you look at air temperatures, it's a lot warmer in western and southwestern Wyoming. So we're in that really big pressure change between those air temperatures. So we do see the winds relaxing once you get further past the Arctic front, but the winds are still going to be really strong today. I-80 and I-25. But as the day wears on, Glenn, by evening and overnight, we should see the winds start to die off. Okay. In the meantime, though, between now and then, if you live along I-80, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's it's really nasty. Uh, we've got a closure between Rollins and Laramie right now, you know, through the Shirley Basin, uh, through the Muddy Gap areas. Uh, there's blowing snow. We we had at times 60-mile-per-hour wind gusts with heavy snow along sections of Interstate 90 this morning up around Sheridan. Um, so uh, really kind of nasty here along this Arctic front as it comes on through. Okay. Now, this switches up. So tomorrow, it's a whole different ballgame, isn't it? Well, the winds will ease up. It's still going to be pretty cold. But where we do see the weather really improving is going to be this weekend. Uh, after this encore, the... Very cold air retreats finally and stays to our east. And what we'll see this weekend, Glenn, into early next week is a much more settled pattern. The weather is going to catch its breath. This will lead to, to more moderate temperatures. It doesn't look really warm. It doesn't look really cold. It looks like temperatures will be close to average. And with snow cover pretty extensive across the state, that makes those nights pretty chilly. But we don't see any storms or fronts either. So we're going to be able to catch a break. What does the wind look like next week? Well, not awful. Okay. It's not zero, right? Um, but it'll be enough to notice, but nothing by winter standards that looks too bad. At the oh, okay, because right now, I mean, it's been nasty. I woke up last night with the sound of my bedroom window just getting pounded on, and I thought, okay, this is the strongest wind I've seen or heard in so far this season. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of weather this past week. Yeah, All of a sudden, 
everyone has forgotten about that mild weather we had in December. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's all they were talking about. That that talk has gone away. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Yeah, we got a little bit to get through here, and then things just start to slowly improve as we go through the weekend and are better into next week. Meantime, off to the icebox we go, Frank Gambino. So it is snowing. How bad is it snowing? I haven't looked at it. Oh, it's just flurries. Oh, flurries. That's okay. That's all right. You know, just something to wake up to with the clouds and... So I want to thank Jude from Casper. She gave me a gift certificate for Christmas for Taco John's. Right? Okay. Okay. So I went over to the one. If you are familiar with the one in the Casper area, you head under the interstate. On yeah, on yeah. center. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Go down center. Go under the interstate. Make left. There it is. All right. So I went there because it was the closest one. Right? It's also in the middle of construction. Also, it's also in the middle of construction. So not a whole lot of people there. When I went ahead and used the gift certificate, okay. well. So I, as I'm walking over, because they haven't given me my food yet, but I'm, I got my drink cup, and I walk over, and normally they have a salsa bar there for people who like to load up. Right, yeah, green, right. red, you know, that kind of thing. And first off, it says, sorry, salsa bar is closed. Huh? Right. Underneath it, there's the usual, because they put everything on ice in this, like, sink-looking tub thing, right? And that's covered in glass. And underneath it, let's see, there's a human brain, a human heart, intestines and some kind of a cleaver that you would use to chop all of that stuff up oh and vampire fangs in the in the restaurant yes yeah under the under glass under glass in, in where the salsa is supposed we're, to be we're, oh okay yeah now i don't know i i, 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 I i'm missing the point here I, I so was i and i'm thinking am i supposed to put like brain and intestine on my burrito well of course how right? does how does that work some people are into spicy uh, some into stuff know. like this here. Like chicken right? and so i thought okay first off either this was and there's lights around it there's pink lights around yeah. it it's all, so i'm thinking either this was the display for halloween and everybody's just too lazy to change it or everybody likes it too much to change it. Or it's actually the last manager that they wanted to get rid of. Or the last real jerk of a customer. And it's a warning to the rest of us. Okay. Maybe it was left over from Halloween. That could be the simple answer, I would say, left over from Halloween, and they're just not going to clean it up. There's no no one wants to take the responsibility to make like a Christmas <laughs> or a New Year thing, or what's the next holiday coming up? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever it is to put that in there. Yeah, no. they're looking at it like, I'm not touching that. But I prefer, Frank, it's more fun to think that it's a warning. Yes. This is the last jerk customer that showed up and gave them a hard time. Right. You'll end up in a case. So as you're standing there filling your soda and you look over there at the brain and the intestines and the heart and that big meat cleaver, just remember the last person that gave them a hard time. Huh? Yeah. There's there's the example. Women's college basketball at Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost their first Mountain West Conference game of the year with a 68-61 defeat to New Mexico in Albuquerque. Cowgirls had a seven-point lead at halftime, but Poor shooting and sloppy play doomed them, doomed them in the second half. UW just 4 of 17 from the floor in the fourth quarter and 3 of 18 from the three-point line in the second half. Cowgirls went 7 of 30 from three in the game but also turned the ball over 19 times. And those turnovers have been an issue with this team this season. 
Douglas High School grad Allison Fruit again 14 points. Melina Peterson at 13. New Mexico 21 of 28 from the free throw line. The Cowgirls made it to the free throw line just three times, making two. UW now four and one in league play, nine and seven overall. The Lobos are three and two in league play, 12 and six overall. Next up for the Cowgirls will be Colorado State in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. Junior college basketball, the Casper College men and women will host Central Wyoming College tonight at 5:30 and 7:30 at the T-Bird Gym. Casper College women are 11 and four and just defeated nationally ranked Western. Nebraska their last time out, and the T-Bird men are 11-7. and seven. In 4A boys high school basketball from last night, Laramie down Cheyenne East 75-63 and Cheyenne Central trounced Cheyenne South 71-28. On the girls' side, East over Laramie 50-42 and Central over South 66-23. Our latest wildpreps.com high school basketball poll is out. In 4A boys, Cheyenne Central remains 1, Laramie 2, East 3, and the Trona 4, Sheridan 5, and 2 and 3A, Douglas number 1, followed by Powell, Lovell, Pinedale, and Thermopolis. Lingle number one in the 2A ranks, right? Second Wyoming, third Tongue River, fourth, and Bighorn, fifth. In 1A, Upton remains number one, followed by Saratoga, Cokeville, Farson, and Southeast. In the girls' poll for 4A basketball, Cheyenne's number one, Cody two, Sheridan three, Campbell County four, and Cheyenne Central five. Douglas remains numero uno in 3A, followed by Buffalo, Mountain View, Pinedale, and Powell. In 2A, Tongue River number one, Wyoming Indian two, Sundance three, Lingle four, and Rocky Mountain 5, and in 1A, Cokeville 1, Upton 2, Southeast 3, Burlington 4, and Little Snake River 5. In Rodeo, Casper College Cowboy Austin Broderson was seriously injured in a bareback event at the National Western Sox Show in Denver back on Monday, got hung up, and then was dragged by the horse for a bit, then stepped on by the horse. His left arm was damaged, along with a C7 broken vertebrae and hip fractures. Broderson is a sophomore from Alberta, Canada, and a GoFundMe page has been set up to help with his medical expenses. And that's it in sports. Oh, that sounds like a bad was, night. You know, and I, I looked for it on video and I didn't quite find okay. it. Everyone had like, you know, they, they thought they, you know, clickbait kind of a thing. But yeah. they did have a picture of him in the hospital with his thumb up, you know. Okay. Said, you know, he's he's going to make it in stable condition. But okay, good. Uh, when you're hurt like that, whoa, yeah. that wow. is awful. Wow. Okay. So hung up, dragged, and stepped on. Yes. Okay. That's all right. Now. Let's see, uh, I, I don't, I don't really even care if he ever goes out and rodeos again, which I hope, you know, he's probably thinking he really would like to. As long as he gets up and moves around, cause that can be life altering injuries there. Yeah, really his left, his, his arm needs oh, some, yeah. some work, yeah. Alright, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're gonna roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast and open phones. Wake up Wyoming. Six of the time, wake up Wyoming. It's a Thursday. My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, now I am going to get into the open phone segment, but also something about killer robots. Hang on. The show is sponsored by Velcro shoelaces. Work like shoelaces, attach like Velcro. One product, 
and twice the hassle. In fact, there's a whole lot to go through in the rest of the program between now and the end of the program that I want to talk to you about. But don't worry, we can't get to it today because of phone calls. I can always just push that stuff back to tomorrow because we do have Friday. Friday is always a house cleaning day where I get rid of all these topics I wasn't able to get to before the weekend. So we can vent and you can feel better and enjoy the weekend. All right. The most dangerous time of this program every day of the week is open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. And just a reminder, that's not everybody named Dave. Just occasionally we get a call from a guy from San Francisco named Dave, and he's just an obnoxious jerk. And so he doesn't last long. On the other hand, uh, Greg over there in Laramie, you, you do a great job. He and I don't agree on anything, but we have a good time doing it. You see the difference, especially if you want to get your point across to somebody who doesn't agree with you. All right. Scientists train artificial intelligence to be evil, and they can't find a way to reverse it. So why would you do that in the first place? That's an actual headline from a website magazine called The Bite. How hard would it be, it says, to train an AI model to be secretly evil? And, of course, you got to define what evil is at that point. As it turns out, according to AI researchers, not very. And attempts to reroute a bad apple, made by Apple AI, well, it turns out it's it just backfires in the long run. In a yet-to-be-peer-reviewed claim, the newspaper researchers at the Google uh, firm that, that works, they tried to exploit the code to make it do things that they classified as evil and even hate. And then they tried to turn that around, and it didn't work again. Why the hell would you even attempt that in the first place? Whenever we at Boston Dynamics put out a video of our robots doing something fun like dancing or moving so swiftly and precisely you wouldn't be able to hear them approaching, our comment sections get flooded with responses we frankly don't understand. Comments like, oh my god, it's happening. The robot uprising is here. And do you want Terminators? Because that's how you get Terminators. So we just wanted to make a video to put everyone's mind at ease that nothing horrible is going to happen probably people should rest assured knowing we're in full control of the situation for the most part this goes beyond any violent impulses these robots may or may not have been showing in fact these robots are designed to help people by doing stuff like performing tasks that can be dangerous for humans data capture and inspections operating warehouses more efficiently and we've been delighted to see that the robots have started to teach certain abilities to themselves. Abilities like sprint faster than human beings, tear flesh apart like pulled pork, and 
old gun. There's practically no situation in which these robots would turn to violence, unless one of our engineers accidentally presses the violence button, which we keep next to our office light switches. Even in the event of a violent uprising, we do have fail-safes in place. At the very first sign of violence, our engineers are trained to sternly tell the robots, you don't have to do this. We strongly believe that that should probably do the trick, maybe. One time I walked in on all the robots chanting in unison in a language I think they invented. And that's probably fine. And our intern that disappeared last week has started responding to messages. So all is well, and he's definitely alive. In conclusion, please continue to enjoy our dancing robot videos. And trust that they will never turn evil. We're almost sure of it. Yeah, what could go wrong? Rose is in Casper. Hi, Rose. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Very good. What you got? Well, you were speaking about the budget here a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. I'd, l- I'd like to cut that budget by reducing property taxes. Okay. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the state that would. Got you. So I wanted to let you know that this Saturday, uh, if people are unaware, there's a ballot initiative going around. It was started by Brent Bean, and it's received a lot of uh, response and signatures from around the state. But unfortunately, Natrona County is lacking. So this event is Acts to Tax. Um, it's at the Eagles Lodge from 10 to 12 at 306 North Durban. And uh, the purpose of this ballot initiative is to reduce the assessed value by 50%. Okay. Which is better than any bill that they've uh, that they're proposing right at the moment. I could uh, talk with you at another right. point about that. I did get a chance. I had breakfast with Bien a couple of weeks ago and was talking to him and a friend of his about this. And I was asking them where people could go to get more information on their proposed bill. But at the time, they didn't really have anything up online. So I encouraged them to do that. Did they ever put anything up? I don't know. I got a. I received a call from Brent asking if I would get on board and help circulate this because I've kind of put my foot down not wanting to get involved because the people don't get involved. Mm -hmm. So, but I did take that 1,825 signatures. I tried to call you uh, a couple couple months ago when you were talking about property taxes after the November 13th uh, revenue session down there in Cheyenne. Okay. I went down there for that. All right. I went to all three, but... Bill Alleman, you know, took those 1,825 signatures to Sheridan with me. And between him and Tony Locke, they, our legislators are starting to get a little nervy about this. So I encourage people to sign this. It gives us leverage until we can get things done in the right way. And then secondly, on the 25th, Tony Locke is going to have a town hall from 6 to 7.30 at the Wyoming Game and Fish Building at 3030 Energy Lane. And the the ballot uh, will the petition will be there as well to be signed. Okay, so let's get people there. First off, it, where do they go to? And remember, you're not just talking to Natrona County. This is you know, program yes, is all across the state. So, where do people go to find this and read it and maybe sign? Well, they I looked. I believe that they're only allowing in person signatures, okay. kind of like I did. It's not online, so you need to get where we where the ballot is okay is my understanding uh there's circulators in different counties uh wyoming voter initiatives um and there's one other i'll, I'll shoot you a message here after okay. i forget what the other facebook site is all right but again this this saturday j- 
January 20th, 10 to 12 at the Eagles Lodge, 306 North Durban, if they want to stop in and sign this, we'd appreciate the support. All right. Thank you, Rose. Keep me posted on this. I'd like more information. All right. Thank you, Glenn. All right. So 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Well, Radio W-O-K-E, your donations keep us going. So go borrow some money from Mom and send it our way. <laughs> Serious takes on local politics or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Thirty-six of time. It's wake up, Wyoming. I'm going to answer some messages before I go on to something else that I have for you. But you can jump in if you want. Look, some people are answering me on the Wake Up Wyoming app, and that's just because the Wake Up Wyoming app is at your app store, absolutely free. Pun intended. You just go to your app store and type in Wake Up Wyoming. Down it comes, and then there's so many things you can do with it, and that it does for you. And one of them is the chat option. Touch chat and send me a text message, and I answer back. Also, you can call the program 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. So going through some of the messages here, uh, Josh in Chugwater, who's at the Tri-County Mercantile, I thank you for that, Josh. He said, we were, I was talking about taxes. You, you got to worry about if you're going to cut things like property taxes, or at least here's a better way to put it, Josh. Get property taxes under control because for some counties in Wyoming and cities, property taxes have gotten outrageously high for no damn good reason other than some rich people moved into the area and affected the property taxes of your average person who can't afford to pay it. So that's got to be fixed, right? So I was trying to explain that, and Josh said, you handled that well, couldn't have put it better. It's very complicated. That's what I do, Josh. You play banjo and do cowboy stuff. I do this. And there's absolutely no way I could do the tech stuff that you do. But this is what I do. Josh, I sit in a padded room and I talk to myself. And you are among the voices in my head. Other voices, Chet Yoder, did Boeing do the DEI thing? They seem to be having lots of issues lately, and I'm wondering if that's the cause of the incompetence. I don't think that's the cause of the incompetence. Boeing has had other problems with management. Boeing used to be one of the greatest... Air services, not just in passenger jets, but I mean military, you name it, on the planet. Then they got some new management in and it lost focus. And it wasn't because of DEI or, you know, going woke or anything like that. They just lost focus on what Boeing is really supposed to be doing. And that's affected their quality over the years. Although there's still talk about them go even further down the rabbit hole with DEI. True dog in Cheyenne, this is all topic, but Biden hates the idea of MAGA, make America great again, while his policies should be called Daffy. <laughs> you just made, true dog, you just made a hat. Daffy, destroy America from inside. Yeah. So that's the Daffy hat. That's actually not bad. All right, 888-97-WOODS is your phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Cody is calling in from Carpenter. Hey, Cody, how you been? Oh, good, good. Hey, real quick, uh, you know, I, I hear a lot of times the comment about how we have the lowest tax burden in, you know, the United States or one of the lowest or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, first of all, it always grates me because I don't really care what the other states are doing. I care about Wyoming. But right. two, 
if you figure out what an individual pays, an average homeowner or something, I suppose they probably do pay pretty low taxes. But if you figure out the total amount of taxes paid in Wyoming by the energy companies, by whatever, and divide it by the number of citizens, I bet it's not that low. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they, they always want to, like, discount the fact that, that oil and gas and coal are paying all these taxes. Well, that, that doesn't really count, you know, or something. Only the ones that counts is the average guy paying taxes. No. Those taxes are still being paid, yeah. and, and somehow the average person, you know, both benefits and is affected by that. So I mean, so I, I'm not sure. It's fair, I just not well, sure it's fair to say, fair to say that the average tax burden is low. Let me add something to what you're saying. On the one hand, if I were, I've had people ask me, "Hey, why don't you go to some place like Denver and work for KOA?" Well, I get paid a lot more for sure. I definitely would. But then again, I have to live in Denver. And Denver is expensive. There's Denver taxes. Then there's, of course, Colorado's taxes. You see how this goes. And it ends up being an extraordinarily expensive place to live. So I end up not making as much. I don't get to take as much home by the time they're done with me. In Wyoming, I make less, but I get to keep more of it. But then you also have to take a look at the average person in Wyoming makes less than other states. So by percentage, what is their tax burden compared to how much they make? Is it actually lower or not? Not compared to other yeah, states, no. as you said, but compared to their salary or whatever they make per year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I just think it's not, you know, I think a lot of times in Wyoming we make the mistake of patting ourselves on the back and yeah. saying, oh, we're so conservative, we're so Republican, our taxes are low, 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 we're just wonderful. And, and, and I'm not sure all of that information is actually correct, and we just need to be open-minded about okay. considering it. So, all right. But anyway. Thank you for calling. Yeah, take care. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So, yeah, the whole tax structure in Wyoming, I will say, is better than other states. I lived in, besides Florida, uh, North Carolina, and I was up in Massachusetts for a while. Yeah, I've lived in other places and Georgia for a little while. Now, I got to tell you, you don't want to live in a place that has a income tax. Bad enough, you have a property tax. But you got to pay an income tax too. So imagine you sit down to do your income taxes for the federal government, right? And then when you're done, you got to do it all over again for your state. And in a few places in America, they even have city. Yeah, they do city income taxes. There's a few places that have tried doing that too. And then there's other kinds of taxes. You know, rules and regulations make all sorts of taxes. Right? So that gets expensive. Bureaucracy is a form of taxation. When you go to pay the tag on your car and, you know, other things like this. There's also, try being a business owner. Business owners pay all sorts of taxes. And a lot of times it's called fees and so, but it's, they're just different forms of taxes. Which is one of the reasons that I've said to you, I like the smallest kind of government that there is. I mean, however we do that. The smallest government that we can create, the less money they need. If you really want to lower our taxes, let's take a look at services that government provides that they shouldn't be providing. It's none of their business to provide those services. Let's get government out of those businesses. We do that, that lowers our taxes because government simply doesn't need that money. That's why I like to, the idea of, first off, let's define what government should be doing. Again, roads, bridges, fine. Police, fire, sure. We can find a few schools, okay. Let's find a few other things that we want government doing.
We'll keep the, the number of those things really low. And then we tell government, and you're not allowed to do any more than that. And when they raise their hands and say, but what if we – but to give you an example, I was talking to one gentleman, a gentleman who I like, who wants to open up a Wyoming professional shooting range, and he wants to use tax dollars. No. Bill on property taxes. Hi, Bill. Hi, Glenn. Hey, let's, we got to keep it kind of simple on property taxes or taxes in general. All you have to do is look at what the state just did the last budget session. I, I'll just throw out a number. Say, say they budgeted $180 billion, and then they squirreled away $180 billion into savings, permanent savings. What I would say is when the state of Wyoming is squirreling away that money into savings and then turning around and telling us we aren't paying enough tax, we need to pay yeah. more tax, which they have been doing for a long time now, um, the people that are really getting hit here are the taxpayers. Right. And the bottom line is as long as they're squirreling money away in permanent savings and not helping the citizens of Wyoming offset some of our high expenses, we have a problem. There was a proposal a while back, which I agreed with. What if we took some of those savings, squirreled them away, keep them in investments, and then take the interest and dividends and help to pay down some of the taxes that Wyomingites would owe? And that would keep taxes without an income tax. That would help to, if you will, it's a poor way to put it, but subsidize our taxes here in Wyoming for the citizen. I, they have, I think they've already been doing that. Okay. Um, but what what point do they um, stop the spending yeah. and keep, you know, telling us we don't, you know, what what I get tired of is the city and the state all t- tell us taxpayers, we're not putting in enough money. We're so undertaxed in Wyoming. They come in and want to high, raise our raise yeah. our taxes, all taxes, and spend more money. Right. Um, and then squirrel more money away. Right. So. The spending has to has to be reduced to actually what we need to maintain our systems, yeah. and and we need to cut some budgets in some of the bloated um, agencies in Wyoming. All right, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Lot to think about. Like I said, it's complicated. There's a lot to work on. Some people are like slinkies. They have no real purpose, but it makes you smile when you push them down a flight of... If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Off we go to the icebox, Frank Gambino, waiting by. Okay, a little bit of, I don't mean to strain your brain, of a civics course for you I'm involving ready. donuts. Oh, well, okay. okay. We, we, and there's some right here on the floor. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, okay. so there's um, the discussion we had yesterday about is it legal to do donuts, you know, when, oh, oh, in the, a the parking lot. The vehicle right? donuts. Yes, yeah, vehicle donuts. Now, having said that, when lawmakers go to write a law... They have to be very particular about the language or people will misunderstand the law. Yes. Right. And sometimes they have to go back and correct. In yeah. fact, if you read a bill that becomes a law, the very top, the first, uh, the second paragraph defines certain words so there's no misunderstanding. Okay. 
Okay. Which means when they wrote a law in Casper defining doing donuts in the wintertime in an empty parking lot as illegal, they have to define what they mean by doing donuts. Right, because it's essentially a slang term yes. from years right. and years and years ago but that, that has morphed itself into... Right. Normal language. Yeah. So they want to make sure that the public understands we don't mean sitting there eating donuts. No, no, no. We, no that's not what we mean over there. And not sitting in your car driving, eating right. donuts. You're, you're, so that means that your city council had to sit down and have a discussion and debate what doing donuts meant. Right. It should take about a minute. I would love to be there for that discussion. And if I was there, I would have brought donuts. Yeah. I, I, let, let me just show you what one is. Women's college basketball at Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost their first Mountain West Conference game of the season, a 68-61 defeat to New Mexico in Albuquerque last night. Cowgirls had a seven-point lead at halftime, but poor shooting and sloppy play doomed them in the end. UW was just 4 of 17 from the floor in the fourth quarter and 3 of 18 from the three-point line in the second half. Cowgirls 7 of 30 from the th- from the three-point line in the game, but also turned the ball over 19 times, and that certainly has been an issue with this team. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtick had 14 points. New Mexico went 21 of 28 from the free throw line. Cowgirls had made it just to the free throw line three times, making two. UW now four and one in the league and nine and seven overall. The Lobos are three and two in league play, 12 and six overall. Next up for the Cowgirls will be Colorado State and Larrabee on Saturday afternoon. Junior college basketball, the Casper College men and women will host a Central Wyoming College from Riverton tonight at 5.30 and 7.30 at the T-Bird Gym. The T-Bird women coming off a win over nationally rated Western Nebraska are 11 and four and the T-Bird men are 11 and seven. For a boys basketball from last night, Laramie Downs Cheyenne East 75-63. Cheyenne Central, the winner over Cheyenne South 71-28. On the girls' side, East over Laramie 50-42. And Central beats South 66-23. Our latest wildpreps.com basketball polls are off for the 4A boys. Cheyenne Central remains number one. Laramie two, East three, Neshrona four, and Sheridan five. In 3A, Douglas number one, followed by Powell, Lovell, Pinedale, and Thermopolis. Lingle number one in the 2A ranks, right second, Wyoming Indian third, Tug River fourth, and Bighorn fifth. And in 1A, up there remain number one, followed by Saratoga, Cokeville, Farson, and Southeast. Our girls basketball pool in 4A, Cheyenne East still number one, Cody two, Sheridan three, Campbell County four, Cheyenne Central five, Douglas remains numero uno in 3A, followed by Buffalo, Mountain View, Pinedale and Powell. In 2A, Tongue River number one, Wyoming Indian two, Sundance three, Lingle four, Rocky Mountain five, and in 1A, Cokeville first, followed by Upton, Southeast Burlington, and Little Snake River. In Rodeo, Casper College Cowboy Austin Broderson was seriously injured in a bareback event at the National Western Stock Show in Denver back on Monday, got hung up and was dragged for a little bit, and then stepped on by the horse. His left arm was uh, damaged pretty good, along with a C7 broken vertebrae and hip fractures. Broderson is a sophomore from Alberta, Canada, and they go me account has been established to help with his medical expenses. That's it in sports. I one time was walking up the stairs here in this building with a cup of coffee and I stumbled and spilled the coffee all over the place. Yeah. I, that's all I got. I, <laughs> okay. I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything no, like no, that. No, 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 no. You, 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 how dangerous this job you, can be. You, you live in your own little bubble? I do, yes. I Actually, I do. I tell people, I just told them last hour, Frank, I sit in a padded room and talk to myself. I know, and, and, yeah. and they pay you. I don't know yes. how, why, and, how, the, how does that work. And the callers are the voices in my head. Uh, what does that tell you, Frank, about what I do? Wake up, Wyoming.
news and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. It's salt in the wound. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. A new review of the 2022 massacre in Uvalde, Texas, that is tough for victims' families to hear and for police to defend. The hundreds of police officers who showed up to the deadly shooting almost two years ago at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde demonstrated no urgency, waiting over an hour to confront the attacker. The Justice Department, in its 600-page report, also identifying what it calls cascading failures in law enforcement's handling of the school shooting in which 19 students and two teachers were killed. That's Fox's Jeff Manasso. Testimony continues today at the Trump civil defamation trial in New York. The former president calls it a disgrace and election interference, but he's not there today and stays in Florida at his mother-in-law's funeral. And Fox's Sue Guzman reports. Trump blasting the judge in the case as nasty for not delaying the court proceedings for a day. Things were tense at the trial yesterday with the judge blasting the former president for outbursts, threatening him with expulsion after he ignored several requests to remain quiet while writer E. Jean Carroll testified. Carroll seeking more damages, and she already won her first case claiming Trump defamed her, denying an allegation of sexual abuse in the 1990s. The former president will not be in New Hampshire today, but late last night he said at a rally there. The radical left Democrats are supporting Nikki Haley because they know she's much easier to beat than Trump. Polls there this week give him a double-digit lead over Haley five days before the Republican primary. She keeps telling voters Trump's too old and causes chaos. There's another House hearing as Republicans, led by Congressman Mark Green, pushed to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, blaming him for record illegal immigration. These failed policies have had a profound and devastating impact throughout our country. Democrat Benny Thompson says... Impeachment is a waste of precious time that could be used to legislate on the urgent issues if only Republicans were willing to do. America's listening to Fox News. Aches and pains are just part of getting older. You know it and I know it, but that doesn't mean you have to just accept it. That's why I want to tell you the story about Nancy from Texas and her Relief Factor story. For years, she took care of horses and gave riding lessons. She started getting older and Nancy began feeling the effects, so she decided to give Relief Factor a try. It didn't work overnight, but it did work. These days, she says, I have more stamina because I don't hurt. With Relief Factor, she can keep going and doing more. I can relate, as I used to have terrible aches and pains in my hands. It was to the point that I didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. But ever since starting Relief Factor, I've got my life back. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, can help you feel and live a better life every day. To get started, try Relief Factor, their three-week quick start kit. Here is the latest from K2 Radio News. Early Wednesday morning, the Casper Fire EMS firefighters were called to a fire on the 1600 block of East 27th Street at 925 a.m. When they arrived, they found a wood frame chicken coop on fire between two residential homes. A wood privacy fence was also in flames. Battling strong winds, the firefighters were able to confine the fire to the outside of the homes, but unfortunately, the coop burned down and the chickens were unable to escape. Firefighters responded to the scene with five units, the on-duty battalion chief, investigators, and chief officers. They were assisted on scene by telecommunicators with the Casper Public Safety Communications Center, officers from the Casper Police Department, an ambulance from Banner Health Wyoming Medical Center, and technicians from both Black Hills Energy and Rocky Mountain Power. The cause of the fire remains under investigation by Casper Fire and EMS Department investigators, but they took this opportunity to remind citizens and visitors to use extreme caution when heating their homes and outbuildings this holiday season. 
The U.S. Postal Services has written a notice of intent warning the public of potential changes on the horizon as part of its Delivering for America plan to modernize the nation's postal network. Casper's mail processing could be moved to Billings and Cheyenne's to Denver. They wrote that the review would not result in facilities closing or career employee layoffs. Several Wyoming government officials have expressed concerns despite the USPS's assertion that the move would make handling more efficient. In fact, the letter uses the word efficiency six times. It also notes another goal, to lower costs. However, the multi-state and 10-year plan will still take $40 billion in capital investments. Consolidations are underway or complete for about 29 other facilities nationwide. The plan seeks to eventually consolidate more than 150 mail processing centers. Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Gray noted his opposition to the packaging center moves on the grounds of a compromised electoral process. Senator Cynthia Lummis wrote to the Postmaster General that she doubts the plan will not disrupt services and will force individuals to relocate or find new employment. Gordon wrote in his letter to the Postmaster that small businesses in our rural communities cannot afford delays to stay competitive in a global marketplace. Both Lummis and Gordon in their letters commented on the lack of transparency in the notice of intent from the USPS as well. Yet DeJoy has been defending the Delivering for America plan for years now, and he's asked stakeholders not to stand in his way. And I have some good news for trail lovers. The Platte River Trails Trust just received a $15,000 grant from the Wyoming Community Foundation. As a nonprofit, they rely heavily on support from community partners and advocates to keep providing a non-motorized network of trails, preserving outdoor spaces, and improving the quality of life for all. Continuing to pursue connections and improvements are all part of the trust's mission, and the board of directors is extremely grateful for the grant. In the future, they'd like to create connections from the river trail and rail trail to neighborhoods, and complete trail links within and between neighborhoods to create a safe and functional active transportation system in the community. And eventually, they'd like to connect core trails to key recreational areas like Edna's Kimball Wilkins State Park. Reporting from Casper, this is Colby Fedor. Vista Auto believes in the power of yes. Learn more at VistaAutoWY.com. Cloudy today, developing snow showers. Temperatures are going to be colder as Arctic air backs in. Temperatures will be in the teens, dropping to the single digits by late in the day. We could see a heavy dusting to an inch or so of new snow. Tonight, a few flurries early, then bitter cold. Lows will be 4 to 8 below. Becoming partly cloudy Friday, not as windy. Chilly highs 20. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Adam is in the studio with me. Now, I'm going to mispronounce your name on purpose. Adam Berserk is in the studio with me. It just, I would, I see that name the way you, how do you actually pronounce it? Bukerski. I'm close. Bukerski. okay. Just go by Berserk. Okay. From now on. I got on. it. I just, I think it just sounds a lot better. It's a lot more fun, and people will remember I'll after do it. that. Okay. You're with? Uh, Night to Shine. Night to Shine. For those people who don't know, that is. Tim Tebow Foundation puts on a special needs prom every Friday before yeah. Valentine's for the last 10 years. Wow. Valentine's is already coming? I know. We're here. Okay. All right. So for all the men out there just suddenly went, oh, my God, Valentine's is coming? Yeah, well, they yeah. can skip Valentine's, go to Night to Shine. Okay. That would be a whole lot better. That would get them 100%. off the hook. That's right. Okay. So what happens there? Okay. So what we do is we provide a prom for our special needs community ages 14 and up. Mm -hmm. um, usually we have, last year we had 300 honored guests and about 400 volunteers. So basically what it does is Highland Park 
puts on a prom. Mm-hmm. We have limo rides. We have food catered by Eggingtons. Nice. Um, DJ with electric sound. Um, they come. They dance. They eat. Um, just a outpouring of love to our special needs community. So is it already also prom time? It is. Okay. It is. So you lose track of this stuff after yeah, a while, don't you? It is. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So this is just an alternative. It's a much better alternative. I it guess. is. Yeah. It is. You know, the one thing that we, we're in desperate need of right now is volunteers. Okay. And what we find is the event is for our special needs community. Mm-hmm. But when it's all said and done, our volunteers actually get more out of it than our okay. guests. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a way for our community to include our special needs mm-hmm. people. Um, and it's just a fun event. You just get to go and be yourself yeah. and dance. Okay. So for volunteers, what kind of work would they be doing? Well, you can be a buddy, which okay. is what everybody likes to do. Every one of our honor guests is paired up with a volunteer. Mm. And you shadow them and dance with them and eat with them and love on them and get to know them and become friends. Okay. Um, we have volunteers needed to help with the food. Not the preparation. Pete Fazio with Egantine does all that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but to help serve. Um, we have volunteers for the limo rides. We have volunteers for karaoke. We need volunteers for just general maintenance and um, just being there. Okay. So the buddies is the big thing because right. we need one for every guest. And we're hoping to have about 150 honored guests this okay. year. So let's get them there. First off, it's going to be where and when. Highland Park Community Church, Mm -hmm. February 9th. Mm -hmm. The event is actually from 6 to 9, but volunteers will be needed from about 5 till about 9.30. And for those who are listening that don't know, that's in the Casper area. Correct. Highland Park Church. And where would they go online to find out more? hpcc.church. Okay. hpcc.church. That's easy enough. Yep. It's one of those simple web addresses that gets everybody there. Is there a place for them to sign up there or they just learn more? No, they can get on on and sign yeah. up right there on the oh, that's, link. Oh, that's really handy. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, okay. So is there anything uh, that they can bring or do other than just show up? Is that what you just need, their their presence? Yeah. So as a volunteer, you'll, you'll get information once you sign up. We have three different, four different different dates where they'll come for about 30 minutes to get the layout of the land. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the do's and the don'ts and the layout. So all we need, this is all we need is a commitment. 30 minutes, one time, just to come and see what the event looks like, and then be there ready to go Friday, mm-hmm. February 9th. Do they have to dress up for this? Yeah. Well, no. 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 Um, mm-hmm. What we like is for men, slacks, nice jeans if you need to, um, college shirt but that's about it yeah. i mean it is a formal event for our guest and we'd like to keep it for our guest as a formal event so. okay wyoming formal is cowboy boots yep. nice clean jeans yep. a good shirt bolo tie usually and, we'll and a cowboy it. hat Absolutely. and that's called a wyoming tuxedo and we'll take wyoming tuxedos all that's day long i just made that up yeah well i like yeah. it yeah okay because 90 percent of our volunteers will be wearing just that just that yeah, yeah. that sounds perfect Absolutely. okay let's get there one more time so the event is february 9th at Highland Park Community Church. Okay. You need volunteers by when? They'll show up at 5 o'clock that day. Okay. Um, we're going to probably close reserva- or, um, sign-ups for volunteers the first week of February. So the sooner the better to get them signed up. Okay. And the website address one more time? hpcc.church. All right. Thanks for coming in. Great. Thanks for having us. Wake up, Wyoming. 
Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Nine seventeen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Let's get back to the topic that you guys picked up. So this is all your fault. But first, today's show is sponsored by Velcro Shoelaces. Work like shoelaces, attach like Velcro, one product and twice the hassle. I've actually tried Velcro shoes. It was not shoelaces. It was just they had these big two things to to slap over that were Velcro. And I wore them like I wore shoes with laces. They all become slip-ons to me after a while. So I never... I never laced my shoes. I never Velcroed my shoes except once when I first got them. That was it. All right. So we had a discussion. Actually, Rose, it's your fault. If you're still listening, Rose, all your fault. She brought up property taxes and that got us started on that. So I had some ideas on that front. But, well, of course, 888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Mike in Laramie wants to talk taxes. Hi, Mike. The, the problem that I see with property taxes is our old bugaboo. It's government. Right. It's government that's saying that your house is worth X dollars because your neighbor sold his house for Y dollars. Yeah. there's It's not a free market process. And the only way that you can, anybody can figure out how much your house is worth is based upon what a willing buyer wants to give you for yeah. it. Uh. And the other thing is just some government bureaucrat or elected official saying, well, your house is worth this much money. Right. right. You know, I'd like to see the property taxes based on the sale price of the house. Right. When it was, does no. anybody ever... Well, let me, let me play devil's anybody, advocate. So someone sold the okay. house or someone bought the house 40 years ago. So we're still going to go on that? Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, has anybody actually done a study and seen how much money government would get in if we did that and yeah. then of course then you've got to go look at well what is government doing right other than the absolute basics anything else needs to go subsidies grants right and that's where i was going projects. all right let me build on that because that's a it, that's a perfect lead-in to what i was just going to talk about thank you mike i appreciate the call so here's mike just gave me the perfect introduction I was thinking about this last hour as we talked about I've thought about this before as well, being more of the libertarian kind of guy. Now, folks in government are not going to like me, not just not just the elected officials, but the bureaucrats are really going to hate me too. And a lot of people who rely on government are just going to hate me for this, but this is the way I would do it. First off, one of the problems we as citizens have created is we expect government to do so much for us. Every time there's a problem, government needs to. I told you last week I was at a luncheon where there were some elected officials from the Wyoming House and Senate who were going to talk about the House and Senate meeting, which they're starting to do now, and what was on the agenda. And they opened it for questions. And one gentleman stood up and talked about the cost of housing in Wyoming for people who don't make a whole lot of money. And he wanted to know, for those underprivileged people, what's government going to do about it? And the answer should be nothing, because that's not government's responsibility. And every time government's tried to do subsidized housing, things like that, you've seen what turned – it's it's a mess. 
But hang on, let me get to Greg in Laramie. Morning, Greg. Morning, Glenn. How you doing? Very good, sir. What you got? Well, I was I was going to add three more services that I think cities need to have, which would be um, collection of solid waste, uh, water, and wastewater. And and if you look at Lar- or if you look at Wyoming, I think how we fund some of those things is by states. You know, the state giving money, and so we really don't have a true understanding of how many people it takes to be in a city that is viable to pay for all those services. Right. Now, I'll give Part you of me well, says, one side, though, to one thing that you said. I have seen various cities around the country that when it came to solid waste disposal, in other words, the garbage can that you put out in the curb or the dumpsters at a business, and the city decided just to give it up and privatize it. So private companies were in charge of waste disposal. And it turned out to because there was competition for business to pick up garbage, it actually saved everybody a whole lot of money. Well, and again, you can go that way, and I, yeah. I have no problem with that. But okay. what I'm trying to figure out is is whether some cities are become unviable and there's no reason to spend taxpayer dollars on it anymore. Right. So, But nobody wants to really have that discussion. I've okay. always uh, – I always always – that maybe it would be cheaper for Albany County to dig up all the houses in Rock River and move into Laramie <laughs> instead of continuing to fund Rock River. Yeah, now, okay, yeah. That'll never get you a vote again in Rock River, but right. um, that's the kind of thing I would like to know. What's the, what's the amount of people that it really takes and whether the government, because it, it funds so many different services differently, we can't get an accurate understanding of what the true yeah. tax would be. So... And Wyoming does do some things on a socialist – I hate to say that word, but, you know, they cleaned up all their underground storage tanks, mm-hmm. not blaming the releasers, but saying, hey, this is a big problem. We've got right. leaking dry cleaners. We got So we're going to do it at a state level. Well, yeah. I've never seen that before. So there's a lot of positives about Wyoming, but I think getting a handle on all those things – and then making a decision would be really great to understand. And your conversation has really helped me understand how all these taxes work. And it is complicated. So yes, thanks yeah. a lot for that. All right. Now, here's what and I suggest you do. From now on, when you need to go to, like, Medicine Bow, I suggest you go down 80 through Hannah because Rock River does not want you. <laughs> no. No. They have already... They yeah. have, the mayor of Rock River does not like no, my, uh, no, not ideas. No. <laughs> okay, thanks, Greg. <laughs> so here's what I was thinking here. Again, I'm, I'm coming from more of the libertarian point of view. And this is also part of what Greg was saying, believe it or not. And Greg and I never agree on anything. And Mike, who's also from Laramie, is saying the same thing. I think the problem is we have not yet really defined for government what they are allowed to do and are not allowed to do. So let's make a list. Now, I'll, I'll just start with a very short list. Um, sure, they can take care of some roads and bridges. Now, some of my libertarian friends would say privatize roads. It, I'm, that's why I say I'm libertarian-ish. Let them take care of roads and bridges. That's fine. And uh, let them take care of police and fire. Okay. We need some courts out there to settle our disputes and take care of the criminals. Cool. Fine. And we can probably think of a few other things. That's the very short list. But add a few other things and say, government, you can do this and you can do that and you can do other things. So let's say we made a list that had like uh, 10 things on it 
for sake of argument, we gave government a list of, you are allowed to take care of these 10 things. Now, they turn to you and say, but, but, uh, what, what, what do we do about, and they name a problem. The answer is let the private sector handle it. Like, for example, the gentleman who stood up at that luncheon that I went to. Well, you know, there's some people who can't afford basic apartments or housing. What is government going to do about it? Nothing. It's not what they do. Now, if you think, well, that's cold-hearted. Yet government has tried to help uh, disadvantaged people, poor people, people who just don't make a whole lot of money, through either raising the minimum wage or subsidized housing, all sorts of programs. How's that been working? Yeah, I don't think they know how to solve that problem. So let's get them out of that. We'll leave that up to church and civic groups to handle that problem. That's not something government does. No, government, when our governor says here in Wyoming, we need an all of the above approach to energy. My answer is, governor, we need to get government out of energy. Government should not be involved in energy. Other than to make sure they're not ripping us off. And they actually do it in a clean way, and no CO2 is not a pollutant. When government says, we want everybody out there driving electric cars, it's none of your business what we drive. Stay out of it. I will choose the kind of vehicle which I think is best for me. Stay out of it. When government comes along and says, well, we need more electric charging stations in Wyoming for those electric vehicles, it's none of your business. Stay out of it, government. You don't do that. Now I'm picking on some big things. But what else can you think of? Let's get out, think outside the box. What else is government doing that really they have no business doing? What I would like to do to solve the problem of taxation is just to pick a number for the fun of it. We give government 10 things they're allowed to do and a budget to do it in. Based on that... Let's figure out a tax structure to pay for it. And I guarantee you that's going to be a very low tax structure. No pet projects. When your city government says, you know what we need here in our city? We need an ice skating rink in downtown. Well, that's a great idea, city council and mayor. You want an ice? Sure. You you want an ice skating rink? You go right ahead. You get together with your buddies in private business And you do that, but government doesn't pay for that. Taxpayers don't pay for an ice skating rink in downtown. That's not what government does. There's all sorts of different projects out there that I've watched. Even in so-called conservative Wyoming, I've watched all sorts of politicians want to spend money on all sorts of pet projects. Like, again, a gentleman who I like, but we disagree on this. He would like to see Wyoming have a world-class shooting range, which he believes could bring in money from all over the world for shooting competitions. And I do think it's a fine idea. So go get businesses together and go get it done. It's a private sector thing. And I asked him how much of the state's money would be involved in starting the shooting range that you want to start. And he said, oh, a considerable amount. Well, um, I would like to say, I'm sorry, you can't have that money. I mean, you wonder why your taxes keep going up and up and up. A big part of it is because everybody, every it's not just the politicians and bureaucrats. It's people within our population. Whenever someone has a great idea, 
Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go get subsidies. We're going to get grant money. We got to get that grant money in order to start all of these programs. And then you wonder why we're broke, overtaxed, in debt. Here's why. So, for sake of argument, we give government a list of 10 things they're allowed to do and a budget to do it in, and they're not allowed to have any more. Imagine how your how low your taxes would be then. Coming up on local news, update on your weather forecast right after that. And you and I get back into it. Wake up, Wyoming. Polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Nine thirty six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S to get on the air. So Ben is in Vernon. He says, I'm having trouble understanding this push to reduce property taxes when come November, the public will not have any problem voting in a special 12th penny tax for some sort of government service. Well, the big problem there, Ben, is there have been some communities in Wyoming where somebody moved in or people moved in and built some really expensive homes. And because of that, the property value of everybody's house went went way up because those really expensive homes were there. Right. So the 12 penny tax is a minor little thing compared to some people saw a massive increase in their property taxes. And that's what they're worried about over maybe just a 12 penny. Plus, in a lot of places, that extra penny tax in most cases, ends up getting shot down in Wyoming. Anyway, Mike is in Casper. The Wyoming government has no business in a shooting range. We have several in Natrona County, and almost every town has one or two. Well, now, the difference there, Mike, so the gentleman, and again, I I like him, he's a good guy, who wants to start this Wyoming world-class shooting range is much different from what you're talking about. I've seen shooting ranges all over Wyoming privately run mostly most of them are privately run and they're really nice there's some indoor ones too that are really nice and i do believe correct me if i'm wrong people i think there's a few places where they do have some government run shooting ranges city run and so on that aren't bad either but what this i think he's in the wyoming house of representatives what this gentleman wants to do is a world-class shooting range So this is not something that you show up to locally. This is a big facility for Olympic-style indoor and outdoor world-class shooting competitions. That's what he's after. So currently, Wyoming doesn't have anything on that class on that level. And his argument is, well, you know, we can go ahead and bring in a lot of business. World-class uh, shooting competitions happen all over the place. Some other states have them and do g- great with them. So Wyoming can make a lot of money off of having a world-class shooting facility here in our state. And so that's where he wants to, as his words now, he wants to use considerable Wyoming state money to get the project started. 
And he thinks it will be profitable. Now, that's where I say, again, my answer is I like the idea of a massive world-class shooting range that will bring in competitions from all over the globe. I would love to see something like that in Wyoming. And it has nothing to do with anything city, county, or state government should get involved in. In any way. Keep them out of it. They should have nothing to do with it. You want to do this, go get people who would be interested in being sponsors and so on. Go get some private business investors, right? Get the money together and open up your shooting range with that. There, that's what you do. Keep the government out of it. But once again, there's a typical problem. There was a gentleman, another... uh, He's no longer in the Wyoming House. He has been uh, for quite a while. But he and I were having a talk, and we disagreed on this, where there's a museum, a small private museum in town, and within walking distance was another private museum, and both of them were military-themed. And he wanted to bring the two museums together in one site, which I think would be a great idea. And he would try to get, since he was in the Wyoming House, I believe, he tried to get uh, about $8 million in state of Wyoming taxpayer money to pay for this. Now, I'm with him. I do think those two museums put together would be something that people would like to go see. They're very nice. What they have as far as exhibits is very interesting, very nice, and talks a lot about not just country history, world history, but Wyoming history, right? But that's not something taxpayer. His bill, it failed twice to get the $8 million, which I thought good. Dave is in Torrington. Morning, Glenn. It seems that to me that if the shooting range is going to make uh, wheelbarrows full of money, he should have no trouble finding investors. Usually they need public money because, well, yeah, you're right. He needs public money because he can't get the investors. This is why I don't even like the state of Wyoming having a loan board. The state of Wyoming will loan money like a bank. Their idea is, well, we're trying to get businesses to move to Wyoming. Well, if the owner of the new business doesn't have the money himself, can't find investors, and no bank will loan him money, then the state of Wyoming should stay out of it. state of Wyoming has no business loaning money to anybody, if that's the case, if they can't go get the money on them on their own. But bring this back to where I started from. One of the problems we have with high taxation is we have never put a limit on what government is allowed to do. And so they do everything. They get their hands involved in everything. And then we end up paying outrageously high taxes. Probably the first thing we should fix is to get government to understand you're only supposed to have a few limited jobs. Anything else is private sector. Whether it's capitalism or church and civic groups, but government stays out of it. Hello and welcome to the mental health hotline. If you are obsessive compulsive, press one repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press two for you. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, six. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Well, that image is going to stick with you all day. When you need to know, quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio.
948 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Hey, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw your post on polkas. Uh-huh. And I wanted to point out that my favorite polka is about beer. Oh. You know, the beer okay. barrel polka. Yes. Roll out the barrels. Okay, so that's probably the, barrels of fun. the only good polka song ever written. Yeah. For those who are wondering, I put a post up. This is I subscribe on Facebook to a page called Bad Album Covers. So here's this guy who just looks as Italian mafia as it gets. <laughs> and there's two really hot girls on either side of them. And they all have drinks in their hand. Yes. Sensual, sensual polkas for the ladies. Yeah. Well, I don't think polkas are... Sen- yeah, <laughs> subtitle, let me polka you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, 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 now, there was one that was, in today's days, yeah. uh, totally politically incorrect because it goes like... Uh, what does it go like? Um, I don't want her, you can have her, she's too fat for me. <laughs> I don't want her, you can have her, she's too fat for God. me. Yeah. That was written, yeah. yeah. To me, I, now, I, is it just me, Frank, all polka music sounds the same to me? Well, it does, yeah. It does, you know what, yeah. but after a few beers, it doesn't matter. It, it, okay. You, you get your leader hosing on, okay. and you're ready to go. See, here's the thing. I think after a few beers, when you wake up the next morning with a headache, it wasn't the beer, it was the polka music that gave you the headache. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everything in doses. Yeah. Everything. Yes, yeah. What gets me is, I know, I look at people who play polka music, and for some reason, they're not single. You would think that would drive women away, but there's women who really love polka music. Oh, no, my mother was German, and um, we we just ended up at these places. Oh, sorry, you know, and and there's a town in Georgia that my brother was living in Helen, Georgia, Uh which is all Bavarian. All the buildings in Helen are Bavarian in in, in style. Right. Well, they have these big, long beard tents, you know, Uh and guess what they're playing? Uh, All the time. Another polka band comes out there in their leader hosen and they're all good to go. If you remember a while ago, Frank, you know, now and then I pull a prank, you know, around here. I put up a flyer downstairs in our kitchen with, you know, those little tabs you can pull off if you're interested with the phone number. (laughs) And it said, would you like, who wants accordion lessons? And every single tab said, no thanks. And then I pulled like three of them out (laughs) to make it look like three people had come up and went, no thanks. (laughs) So to me, Frank, that's uh, as soon as somebody says accordion, I, I, you know, I'm already, I can't, that's as bad as bagpipes. I can't stand it. Not all accordion music is bad, I will tell you that. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls losing to New Mexico last night in Laramie, in, in Albuquerque, 68-61. So they are now 4-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play. Cowgirls had a seven-point lead at halftime, but poor shooting and sloppy play really doomed them in the in this contest. UW 4-17 of 17 from the floor in the fourth quarter and 3-18 of 18 from the three-point line in the second half. Cowgirls went 7-30 of 30 from the land of three, but also turned the ball over 19 times. That's been an issue so far for this team. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtick with 14 points, Malaya Peterson with 13. New Mexico made it to the free throw line 28 times in May 21. The Cowgirls made it just three times. Talk about being hometown. And they made two. UW is 4-1 in league play, 9-7 overall. The Lobos are 3-2 in league play, 12-6 overall. Cowgirls will be uh, hosting Colorado State in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. The Casper College basketball teams, men and women, will host Central Wyoming College from Riverton tonight at the T-Bird Gym at 5.30 and 7.30. The T-Bird ladies are 10-4 and and the T-Bird men are 11-7. 4A boys high school basketball from last night. Laramie a winner over Cheyenne East 75-63 and Cheyenne Central bounced Cheyenne South 7 
71 to 28 on the girls' side. East over Laramie, 50 to 42. And Central over South, 66 to 23. In rodeo, Casper College Cowboy Austin Broderson seriously injured in the bareback event at the National Western Stock Show in Denver back on Monday. He got hung up and was dragged around for a bit, then stepped on the horses. His left arm was pretty, was heavily damaged along with a C7 broken vertebrae and hip fractures. Broderson is a sophomore from Alberta, Canada, and a GoFundMe page has been set up to help his medical expenses. High school wrestling later on today. Laramie will be at Central for a duel at 4 p.m. Eaton, Colorado will be at Cheyenne East at 6 p.m. Coming up tomorrow, Lander has a 30-team tournament with Laramie and Cheyenne South in that deal. Moorcroft with a big deal on Friday and Saturday. Natrona, Kelly Walsh, and Glenrock will be competing up in that tournament. And that's it in sports. What was the name of the accordion player from the Lawrence Welk show? That's going to Oh, on. wow. Yeah. Okay. And one time I walked into a bookstore and there was, he had like an autobiography there. And I really, somebody's going to read the autobiography of the accordion player of for Lawrence, Lawrence Welk show. Yeah. So I just, for the fun of it, I opened it up just to read a few pages here and there at random. And it's every bit as bad as you think it would be. He did not live an exciting life no, but, yeah, of I, wine, women, and song and accordion? Now, however, and I don't remember where he's from. I do remember, though, for quite a while, if since the Lawrence Welk show was so popular, and it really was, if you drove into his small Midwestern town, they had a big billboard up with his name on Mar- Myron Florin. Myron Florin. Yes, and his accordion on the Lawrence Welk show. Oh, God, I can't believe I remember that name, Frank. That's, oh, that man. is dangerous, and I think oh. we need to call it. We need to all call it a day, right? Yeah, I now. think we are. Thank you, Frank. I will. Yeah, I just now. There's a few people out there going Lawrence. Who at one time that show, which I hated, my parents loved, was the most popular show on television. And folks just loved it when Myron Bourne would come out with his accordion and play a polka for everybody. Oh, my God. Let's wake up, Wyoming.